Sleepers Podcast, Wednesday, January 17th. Never say that karma isn't real. Never say that God isn't real. Because I picked against Purdue. I picked Indiana to win outright. I called the demons. I called on them to arise, to show up, to fill Assembly Hall with their demonic ways. And instead, all I was treated to was Fletcher Lawyer laughs and giggles. (laughs) And now Purdue wins, and now I'm sick. I'm sick as a dog cart. I look and feel like shit. I sound like shit. I wouldn't wish anyone listening to me in this state on my worst enemy. And here we are. But I power through for the people and for the program. How are you this morning? Uh, I'm doing better than you. And because of that, I will be here to uplift you in any way possible that I can. Um, And hopefully you can exercise your demons and your immune system uh, to bounce back very quickly. I need some emergency C, as you have told me previously, but didn't even have time to make that before we jumped on this call. Uh, also, my daughter's sick. That's the worst part. Like, if I'm sick, it's like, yeah, whatever. Work from bed, be sick. That's okay. But, like, the daughter's sniffling. I feel so bad for her. It's rough. It's rough in the Waddell household. Uh, you know what? I have a blanket with egg on it right over there. I just remembered that. That's great. This is This week sucks. Let's start with your YouTube comment of the day. What do you got, Cart? Uh, once again, because I haven't said this in a while, thank you to everyone who has been commenting on all our YouTube videos. Keep, keep it up. We do actually, well, at least at this point of sleepers media, I actually go through all the YouTube comments. Obviously we don't read them all, but I do like looking at the feedback in the comments. So I do have, a an, uh, an affinity of reading them all. Um, I guess that, well, this ties into about 17 comments that I saw, but I guess, Purdue does have candy stripe pants, but they don't like calling them candy stripe pants. And I guess the students wear them. And someone brought the topic of what if like Michigan State had a green and white, but like winged helmet like Michigan. And it got me thinking, Gregory, if you could swap like a helmet and like a team combo, you have one in your head that you would do. Hmm. Mm. Isn't that, the, isn't that the question you really want when you're waking up sick, kind of like five minutes off the shower and you're, you got a sore throat? Isn't that just a great question? Yeah, you're really putting me right into the fire. Um, it is a great question. I saw some of the same sentiments of like, ew, we would never like never mention candy strips again. We're Purdue. And like respect, respect. That's fine. Uh, but also like they'd be sick. I think like I, like, I'm sure Michigan State people would say the same thing about winged helmets, but also, like, they'd be sick. Winged helmets are dope, in my opinion. Your card's going to say they're not, but they are. Like, it, it, don't tell me that when you used to play, like, college football, 2K, whatever, or the, the customized team thing that you didn't choose the winged helmet every time, no matter what your team colors were. Um, I don't know. It's just so – it's really off-putting to, like, see the exact rival team's colors do it, but – like either the Ohio State Buckeye like pride stickers in a different color would be cool I think or the winged helmet would be my answer. Yeah, I don't have like an ex- an exact answer and I don't know if anyone's going to make this correlation or understand this, but I want Washington, University of Washington's colors with Oregon's design team. Like, I love Oregon's uniforms. I'm not the biggest fan of Oregon's colors. Like, 
they don't do it for me. But if I could get like the purple and the silver and the gold color that the Washington Huskies have with the white too, I love that with just like Nike and Oregon, uh, Oregon's uh, creative equipment team. Guy who loves green and white doesn't love green and white. Oregon's not green and white. They're green and yellow. And white. I mean, they're green and yellow. And white. Black. Are you a green and yellow guy? I like green and yellow, yeah. What color does green and yellow make when you mix it? Probably brown. Nope. Red. Hmm. Well, how do you know that? Well, because it's not true and I just made it up. So uh, should we go to the Discord comments? I think it's brown. <laughs> it might be. Let's go to the Discord comments. Uh, join the Discord. Join the Discord. Just do it. That's all I got. There's a link in the description. Mix uh, Vapor Rub is expensive, and the Waddell family needs it. So there was the... a lot of sorry. There was a lot of challenging me from the Discord last night in a variety of ways, which is all fair game. I respect it, but a lot of like. Let's see the bet slips, Mr. Picked Indiana. Can I just make it unequivocally clear? You never got to question the bet slips, okay? <laughs> if there's one thing you don't got to question, it's that I'm backing up my talk with my walk in the wallet in the betting apps. It is what it is. And uh, it, you know what? If, if there's someone out there who makes bad predictions and predicts upsets but doesn't bet it, that's also perfectly okay for the record. Like, I've... I had somebody in my Twitter mentions being like, Greg, normally love your stuff. Like, appreciate all the work you do, but I hope you lost so much money last night. Like, huh? I, I, no, no, there's no like cordial, like, hey, hope you lost thousands of dollars because you picked against my team. Like, that's just, it's a dick move. Sorry. I'm just, that's been on my mind since last night to the discord comments from Ryan, the lion who says on this track is fourth year, Trey Holloman better than fourth year, AJ Hogard. Uh, no, no, because I, I don't want to fall victim to the thing with like Trey. I like Trey in this role. If Trey was playing the AJ Hogard role, would it look the same? I don't think so. Um, but I mean, I guess there's a world, but I would say no. It wouldn't look the same. Would it look better though? That's my question. It depending on what's around him, it might. Yeah, I think it's possible. Um, just a reminder that sophomore AJ Hogard played 20 minutes a game. Uh, could not beat out Tyson Walker, who was scared to shoot. And had seven points, 4.8 assists to two turnovers per game. Uh, not exactly mind-blowing numbers. He got a lot better his junior year, and then he's essentially been the same guy into his senior year. Um, more consistent lately, which got to give him credit for. But I do think, like, the brighter spots of Trey Holloman have been brighter than sophomore A.J. Hogarth's bright spot. Like, Trey Holloman hit five threes in a game. I don't know if AJ hit five threes that whole year, his sophomore year, without looking it up. So his assist to turnover rate is stupid. Uh, if I was really pressed into it, I think I would say that by Trey Holloman's senior year, he will be a more impactful player for Michigan State than AJ Hogarth. I don't know if that means he's the point guard. I don't know if that means he's a shooting guard. He might be a two guard next to Jeremy Fears in the best case scenario, but I think I believe in Trey Holloman more than I believe in AJ. I think Michigan State uh, basketball will take the next step 
as a team successful wise when the first thing talked about with our point guards isn't assist rate percentage and turnover ratio mm. assist to turnover ratio not a big assist to turnover rate guy I am, but if all when you talk about the great point guards in the country in the conference, that's not the first thing you bring up about them. It kind of is. I feel like that's yeah. honestly, honestly, I feel like assist turnovers is maybe the most important thing a point guard can do. I think assist percentage is one of the most fake stats of all time. Some arenas it is. Um, some have accused the Breslin Center of juicing assist numbers for a couple of years. I, I, scorekeepers done great. Everyone does great. Game day staff stripes. Yeah. All right. Sure. Uh, Boom Fizzle 79 says, what do you think is the best route for long tenured coaches to handle their retirement barring getting fired? Should they just do it out of the blue? Is it better to be public about it, bringing a successor early to effectively hand off the reins, allow players and recruits to know what they're committing to? Um, I don't know if there's any like right answer or right way to do it. Uh, I do agree that there should be some sort of, behind the scenes uh communication with teams successor maybe things like that recruits uh just because you don't want them blindsided but also not a big fan of like farewell tours like coach k's farewell tour wasn't wasn't for me um you know yeah i i i think like behind the scenes work and then just do it after the season yeah, what not to do is announce a retirement tour, get gifts everywhere you go, then get pieced up by your biggest rival in your farewell ceremony and then in the final four. That's what yeah. not to do. Um, what also not to do is just like leave in the middle of the night for Cleveland, Ohio. That's also what not to do. So a uh, bunch of different ways to do it. But I think uh, in general, if you announce it early, I think it actually has a reverse effect. Like, I think it would hurt your recruiting in most cases. It didn't really hurt Duke's recruiting because they're Duke and because guys weren't necessarily committing to Duke solely to play for Coach K. They were committing to Duke to be part of the brotherhood and put that Duke jersey on and get the NIL and all that shit, have Jason Tatum in their DMs. Um, I think most programs, if their coach was like, hey, I'm leaving next year, would probably see a pretty large departure in things as far as roster building goes. So um, it is interesting though. Did you read the article on Izzo? Uh, I did, um, but I might've missed it. Was the actual question asked, like what would he do when he retires or how would he approach it? Was like, that was that actually how the question was worded? It might've been asked, but it wasn't like transcripted that way or trans okay. transcribed, transpired yeah. as you'd like to say. Transcribed. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I I thought it was a candid interview. I enjoyed getting some insight from Tom. Um, he said, if I have to take a transfer, I'll take a transfer, which was interesting. <laughs> but he's still acting like he's being held hostage to do it. And I don't know. I Some Michigan State fans seem to came away with that. Like, isn't this exactly what we want to hear? And if you read the whole article, I was like, I don't think this is at all. He's like, I'm going to I'm staying for five more years and I hate where this is headed. Like that's, that's not what you want to hear. Like it's um, like you're yelling at your boy that if you jump in the pool, like you'll be fine. Like he thinks he's going to sink cause he can't swim, but you're like, dude, it's a five foot pool. Just jump in and you'll be able to stand. That's like, Izzo like won't take the transfer cause he thinks he's going to drown or thinks he's going to go bad. Like you'll be fine. You'll yeah. be okay, bro. You can stand. He was literally saying like, 
I, uh, I, I want to buck the trend so bad. It's making me more competitive and either it's going to get me or I'm going to get it. And it's like, it's probably going to get you. Like if that's your approach for the next five years, still, it's probably just going to get you like you're, you are on the verge of maybe missing the tournament. And I don't think that's going to get better when you lose Tyson Walker, if your approach doesn't change and he doesn't sound like his approach is going to change. So, um, it was interesting, but with that said, the funniest part of it to me was, uh, <laughs> oh god <laughs> he he kept saying uh well he talked about nick saban and the close relationship that they have and how much respect he has for him and how surprised he was that he stepped down um just thought it was very funny that like he's comparing he's like when i retire i'm gonna do it like nick saban does I just I love the guy who's not going to retire talking about how when he does retire, he's going to retire like the guy who never talked about retiring. That's hilarious to me. Like Tom is Tom is will be here for another decade, probably talking about what he'll do when he'll retire more. I'm sure that'll heat up over the next couple of years. Like when I retire, it's going to be like this. Yeah, you already broke your rule. If you're going to retire like Nick Saban, did he ever mention retirement? No, not once. And you already <laughs> broke it. We did. Probably somewhere right. out there where he did. Right. Well, when I retire, Car, I'm going to do it like the guy who never talked about retiring. But that's what I'll do when I retire is do it like the guy who never talked about retire. Okay. Uh, guy said some interesting boxing matchups. Who wins? Greg Marshall versus Jawan Howard. Uh, I think Greg Marshall wins. Yeah, depends on the context of what they're fighting over and where, but just intrinsically, Greg Marshall seems like he'd be filled with rage in that in that matchup. Um, Tim Anderson from Illinois basketball versus Tim Anderson from the Chicago White Sox baseball. Uh, Tim Anderson from Illinois basketball. Uh, no. no. Tim Anderson from the baseball. Tim Anderson from baseball got knocked out this season. Yeah, but I don't know. I still that guy seems more athletic than assistant coach Tim Anderson right now. I I'm taking coach. I'm I don't know that coach has anything in his game other than like walking by, not high fiving. That's it. Like So he has no hands, huh? <laughs> <laughs> uh one bear sized Carter versus forty house cat sized Greg's. Wouldn't that just be like one Carter? Why do you have to put the bear size? Um, yeah, are, and is it like a cub or is it like a mama bear? Yeah, like am I a grizzly? Like a polar? Yeah, something. Um, if you were a bear, what bear would you be? What bear would I be? If you were a bear, what bear would you be? A brown bear. Hmm, okay. I think they're the most athletic of the bear family. I feel like you're making that up, but I'll buy it. Um, so who wins? You as a bear or 40 me cats? I think 40 house size Greg cats because I'm assuming they have your mental as well. Yeah. And so all, all 40 cats will be connected. They'll be on the same page. Yeah. Um, and there will be some mental warfare also involved with that. That would probably have me in hell. Also, cats are very agile and sneaky. Put that with your mind, which is also agile and sneaky. Uh, yeah, I'd probably be in a bad place. I wouldn't be the favorite. Uh, yeah, I think that's the right answer and the right reason as well. Um, I don't know that there's many things more dangerous on this earth than 40 me's in cat bodies. Like, <laughs> if there was, if there was 40 of me with my brain 
40 of it in little cats, we could do some things. We could do some very dangerous things. Are you saying that any animal will probably like what if, what if you were 40 ants? It'd be different because ants obviously have physical limit, but like cats, cats can scratch, they can jump, they're quick as shit. Like if if I had those physical powers 40 times over with what I got in here, and they were all like, you know, they had like a pre-fight meeting, and it's like, okay, here's the cat plan. I would love our chances against like a lot of bigger animals than a bear. I would too, actually. Whether or not they have your brain or not. Like I'm I'm just in on that. Um all right. Uh Vanderbilt football versus Vanderbilt basketball. Uh everyone loses. In a boxing matchup. Everyone loses. Yeah, I guess. Uh football because they, they meet up to fight at a location, they both show up to the wrong spot, and there's actually no fight that happens. Football would win because football. John Sanderson versus Joe Krabenhoff. Sanderson. Yeah, Sanderson. I think Sanderson wins a lot of these physical uh, altercations if he wants to. And then the A-10 versus the AAC. I don't know how we got to a point where we're just – here's a conference. What if a conference boxed another conference? Yeah. Uh, guys, seek help. Yo. Yeah, is this a cry for help from Guy? I don't know. Uh, fun question here from that boy from Illinois. If Greg, if Greg guards guards guard great guards, which guards guard Greg guards great guards? I was also requested to read this, so this is for Ulamog. If Greg guards guards guard great guards, which guards guard Greg guards great guards? So it'd be Chucky Hepburn and AJ Store versus. Johnny Davis and younger Chucky Hepburn. I don't know. He's been there for a long time. Greg Gard has had some good guards, good wings. I mean, it could be any guards is the actual answer to this prompt. Like, we just would need to pick any great guards to guard Greg Gard's guards. But can Greg Gard guard Greg? Yeah, I responded and said, can Greg guard Greg Gard's guards? And then that boy said, can Greg Gard guard Greg? <laughs> I don't think Greg uh, can guard you for what it's worth. Greg Gard might be able to guard me, but if Greg Gard leaves me open, he can't guard me. Uh, can I guard Greg Gard's guards? No. Greg cannot guard Greg Gard's guards. But could Greg Gard's guards guard Greg? <laughs> yes. Could Greg Gard's guards guard Greg Gard and Greg's? Could Greg guards guards guard Greg guard guarding Greg? Could Greg's guards guard Greg's guards who's guarding Connor Season? Let's move on. Seyfried says, what does Mike Woodson do with Xavier Johnson? Even less minutes and just ride it out with cups. Give him some sort of come to Jesus moment. What's it going to take to improve the team's performance? You, you sit him. You don't play him. Yeah. I think that's where it's headed. I uh, I think there's a non-zero chance that Xavier Johnson is not with the team in a month. That's where I'm at. Um, not going to speculate beyond that further. I don't wish that that's the outcome, but the body language PhD in me and just reading the obvious situation here, I think uh, like Xavier's what, 24? It's his sixth year in college basketball? Like if, if, if the writing's on the wall, he didn't come here to sit behind Gabe Cops on a losing team. And 
that's a selfish thing. But like, if he's really going to start playing 10 minutes a game off the bench in the fashion that he is, why would he remain with the team? Just leave the team. And honestly, if he left the team, it might be a boost to the team. That's where I'm at at this point. So keep an eye on that. Boom fizzle. 79 says, I don't think Greg should give up the demons dialogue yet since he likens this season to last and says it's playing out the exact same. I want to hear the seven demons Purdue needs to exercise to climb out of the seven hells of basketball purgatory. We'll count winning assembly hall as the first demon banished and out of the first circle. What are the other six? I don't know where you put the set. One of them has got to be make a final four. That's probably the last demon. Yeah. So, First off, the Demons dialogue is not the Demons dialogue anymore. It's the Bradens dialogue. We talked about this in the recap last night. Go watch it on the channel. Um, in my opinion, the Demons were vanquished last night for everybody except for Braden. Braden was still seeing ghosts. You're not going to convince me otherwise. That man just was not operating like a sane person uh, when hunting his shots. And he, at his best, he's unstoppable. Last night, he was very stoppable because he stopped himself. Um now, with that said, there's I don't think there's many more demons for Purdue to like vanquish. Like if if we banished one, uh, like you to me you squashed it. You beat Indiana. You didn't do that last year. You did it this year. So I'm I'm not running around saying it's the same narrative as last year anymore because it changed when you beat Indiana. That's the moment that everything changed. Um, if there were six more demons, it's just every round of the NCAA tournament. That's all it is. Like get, you get one demon point for getting past a 16 seed. Woohoo! Throw a party. Uh, Harry's chocolate shop lines out the door. Like <laughs> advance, survive in advance, and vanquish six more demons in the most important time of the year. That's what you got to do. Will they do it? Probably. Maybe not. It's a world where they don't. The world where they do. There's a world where they definitely do. There's a world where they don't. There is a world. There's a world where they do. I've seen that world. Where they do? Where they don't. What about the world where they do? Do you think it's a beautiful world? I have a theory in my head that I don't know if Purdue fans are mentally or I don't know if they're ready or equipped to handle making it to a Final Four. Yeah, I don't know. You want to flesh that out more or you want to sit on that for a little bit? I want to sit on that for a little bit. Pause. I'd like to hear more about it. Uh, yeah, Jesus. Painters Petting Zoo alumni says, I heard the announcers in the Purdue or Penn State game, forget which, mentioned that the Big Ten has the lowest road win percentage of any Power 5 conference. Spoke to the depth of the league. The depth of the league. Do you agree that it's a depth of the league thing or is it a fan slash venue difference, a physicality thing or something else? Me, 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 me. Me, right. It's that the teams stink. <laughs> it's that the teams are bad at basketball. It's not how good the bottom half of the league is. It's how bad the top half of the league is. And I know Painter, Petting Zoo alumni, you're a Purdue fan, Boom Fizzle, all the Purdue fans in the Discord. I love all of you. You are excluded from this. Purdue's a great basketball team. You're the best team in the country. That's not going anywhere. And it, in fact, it would be nice if you could win more road games. So that maybe the conference's numbers looked better because our elite team won more road games. You did that last night at Assembly Hall. That's great. Maybe next time you go to Evanston or Lincoln, it would be nice if you came away with a win. There's some more road games on the schedule. But uh, the, everybody else in this conference is bad. 
Everybody else, we we can pretend Wisconsin's like a top ten team in the country. Yay, woohoo! Sure, fine, haha. Uh, we can pretend Illinois without Terrence Shannon Jr. is like a top five team in the country. I picked them to be my national champion, pending Terrence Shannon Jr. coming back. I still believe in that team in March in a big way. They're not playing good right now. Like they're they're just not playing good right now. At least from the Maryland game on. So outside of those three teams, everybody's bad. Everybody in this league's bad. Ohio State was supposed to be the fourth best team in this conference. They're horrible right now. Maryland was supposed to be good preseason. They're horrible right now. Uh, go down the list. Iowa, France just here to set the record for wins at Iowa. That's it. Jawan Howard's getting fired. Tom Izzo has the worst year of his career. Flipping uh, the Penn State coach, Mike Rhodes, has more wins in the Big Ten this season. It's his first year in the Big Ten. He has more wins than Tom Izzo, Jawan Howard, Steve Peichel, and uh, somebody else I'm forgetting right now. No, Chris Holtman. It's absurd. Oh. It's absurd. This conference is bad. That's what it is. It's not anything about depth and good teams. It's that bad basketball teams don't win road games. And this conference has 11 bad basketball teams. That makes sense. Sorry, I had to get that off my chest. I knew, I knew it was coming right when I saw the comment. I think my sinuses opened up in the middle of that. I felt good. <laughs> Yeah, I felt kind of good. Ryan Lyons says, uh, Ryan Lyons matchup of the day. Tyson Walker, Terrence Chan Jr., Cliff Amorier versus Doug McDaniel, Olivier Kamala, Zach Eady. The team without Doug. Yeah, I want to just blindly take the team with Zach Eady, but uh, I think the other team's better. Tyson, TSJ. Yeah, and you said versus, which means at, which. <laughs> Wait, no, it's at home, then Doug will be able to play. No, because Tyson was the first team, and they got the versus. So that means uh -huh. they're at home. Yeah, so Doug might be Jalen Llewellyn for 39 minutes in that one. That's tough. Uh, lastly, I was Ryan the Lion last night in the Purdue game thread. Do you have any comment on that? No, I thought Stripes did a great job. Oh, yeah, you're right. Yeah, got to applaud the stripes. Great job in that game. Uh, okay, let's get to the show. Today we got three topics. You wanted to start off with uh, the top five biggest disappointments in college basketball. Yeah, and I want to limit us to one Big Ten team because if we wanted to, this could be a Big Ten, a Big Ten specific question. We could pick five most disappointing things about the Big Ten. But I'd like to limit us to only one team and one – actually, no, just one topic from the Big Ten, whether it be a team, player, whatever you want to do, but only one. Um, okay. I would like – I'd like to lead with Michigan State basketball. Wow. Accountability from you. Okay. Explain. I mean, top five, top five preseason team. Now we're talking about we need to boost our resume to make the tournament, and we're – projected in the playing game currently in a lot of bracketology uh, circles. So if that's not disappointing, I don't know what is. So we're combining for this list, right? So you just took our big time one. Yes. Okay. All right. Then I'll go second. Um, I'm going to take Texas A&M. I'm going to take Texas A&M. They are 10 and seven on the year. This is a team that went 15 and three in SEC play last season. They returned their biggest key pieces. They're one and three to start SEC play this season with a road loss at Arkansas, who literally hates playing basketball with each other. 
Like that's, I don't know how they lost last night other than I do know how they lost last night. It's that Tyrese Radford was an abomination. Tyrese Radford was two for 15 from the floor, 0 for five from three. Um, Wade, everybody's t- gassing up on After Dark last night. Like Wade Taylor had 41 points. He tried to keep minute. He was 13 for 32 from the floor. It's not good. It's not good. It's horrendous. Um, I don't know, man. That that team should be really good, and they're just not. They're not good at all. The Kentucky win was good, but I uh, I'm jumping off the Texas A&M bandwagon after last night. Good pick. Uh, this one I'd like to throw out there, but it's under review, and you can swap this down if you'd like. UCLA. Yeah. Were they good enough to actually be disappointing in the preseason? Yeah, I think it's fair. Okay, I mean, it's just been an absolute dumpster fire. You talk about teams not wanting to win, not wanting to play. I mean, they're going on the road. They're losing by 50 to Utah. Uh, Every post game is Mick Cronin mad about his team and mad about what – mad about the players that he brought in. Um, And then you have all the rumors surrounding about where he's going to go next, and he's just like an angry little little man after every single game. So that that program's – one with history, but it's it's a dumpster fire. Yeah. Yeah, it's not good. Um, credit to us, though, for kind of seeing it coming. We did have a call out in the preseason predictions episode that UCLA would miss the tournament. So, um, yay, we got something right. Uh, my next biggest disappointment in college basketball this season is myself. Uh, daily picks have been a disaster. And oh. that's, that's unacceptable. Uh, I keep getting to 500. I keep getting to 500. I got one game above 500 for a day. Went 0-3 last night. I think the full card was like 1-6, 1-7, maybe 2-6. and six. I don't know. I haven't added it up yet because I'm terrified. Uh, just can't do it. It's happened over and over and over again. Then I just scratch and claw for like three weeks to get back to 500. And I just go 0-3 or 0-5 immediately after getting there. Hand up. It's on me. I'm, I'm just putting up a giant stinker this year. I'm like the guy who came back for his COVID year, and now he looks like Xavier Johnson. I still believe in you. I don't. I have no belief, but I'm going to power through because I have to. I have no choice. I have to do this for the people. I have to do right by them. But, like, I'm Xavier Johnson with the picks right now. I can't allow that. I know. I know. <laughs> it's horrible. <laughs> we can't let that happen. We did. It's happening. It's already happened. There's nothing. I don't know what to do. I'm like, I don't know. I don't know what to do. What's what's the final disappointment? Oh, damn. We probably should have put more spots to this or done our separate list, but it's okay, though. Um, I'd like your suggestion for this, but I would like to throw out Texas. I think Texas is disappointing to us. Not the country. What about Creighton? Creighton's been better. Creighton's been better than they were supposed to be. Um, I would go one of two teams on the West Coast for my final answer. Zags? Yeah. Or St. Mary's? Yeah. I think it's one of those two. Because the thing with St. Mary's is they're actually good again. They just, for, for a month and a half, they were like the worst team in basketball. And now magically they're like the team they were supposed to be, but it's too late because they're not going to get an auto bid. And uh, same with Gonzaga, like, or in at large, I mean, like these teams have played their way out of the tournament already. Like they now, which makes it more fun. Like the West coast conference race will be fun. Cause these teams have to win the conference tournament again, <laughs> but it's not what you hoped. Like Gonzaga was supposed to be a top 15 ish team and St. Mary's was supposed to be really good. It didn't happen at all. 
Yeah, I think I'd give the edge to St. Mary's because I think they had a lot. I mean, they were the preseason favorite to win the regular season, which they still might. Who knows? Um, but yeah, I think I'd throw them out there. Honorable mention, uh, and just because I'm not allowed to do more Big Ten things, I don't care. This needs to be thrown out there. Uh, all freshmen in the Big Ten. Mm-hmm. Liars. Yeah. All yeah, they're bad. Yeah, we're letting Owen Freeman get the shine. Like, he's the poster boy right now. Like, at a certain point, people got to look themselves in the mirror. Like, Scotty Middleton needs to, like, eat a hamburger or something and realize he needs to change this. Um, yes. Yeah, I don't know. It's bad. I'm trying to think. There's been a lot of – to us. Been a lot of disappointing things this year. I'm constantly disappointed. I am a disappointment. Do you think people are disappointed with us? Yeah. Oh yeah. You definitely. Think? Most definitely. Yes. Damn. Yeah. I just wanted to see how long we could go silent for. Uh, the thing is, you would have sat there for another minute, I feel like. Yeah, sorry to anyone in their car who just thought that maybe their podcast episode went off. We're still here. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. Uh, <laughs> there's a couple games from last night that I want to do recaps for. Uh, we won't always do this, but when there's results as crazy as last night's were that uh, we just didn't budget for mentally – we will sometimes spend segments of the show going back and kind of reassessing them. So I want to start with uh, the Baylor-Kansas State game. So it was a wild game. Kansas State at home. Uh, it felt like they snatched victory from the jaws of defeat twice. They were down, I believe, six points with three minutes left in regulation. Jerome Tang takes the timeout. Stellar run out of the timeout, sent it to overtime. And then in overtime, they were down five with a little over a minute left, I believe. They made every clutch play late. Baylor had a bunch of chances to ice the game. They never could do it. Um, I think Kansas State's a pretty bad basketball team. They've mm-hmm. won five games in overtime. They're 13 and four. Give them credit for winning at home. This is a big resume win. 13 and four, five of your wins came in overtime. Like, that seems like someone's hot at the blackjack table. That's all. They keep hitting with 18 and they keep hitting it. It's just like, stop. Like, just win a game in regulation. Uh, do you agree with me that Kansas State might not be that good, even though they're winning this game? Yeah, you know, a little cardiac cats action. But, yeah, I I think that this was a game that they, like you said, snatched from the jaws of defeat. And, you know, if I'm a Baylor player, supporter, whatever fan, whatever you want to call it, I'm a, I'm very, I'm a little bit disappointed that at this point of the season, with the older experienced guards they have with Scott Drew as the coach, that they seem to have these these issues like late game, I guess. Like even in the game that where they won at Oklahoma State, I thought there was a lot of interesting decisions made down the stretch by guards, um, which unfortunately Oklahoma State's guards are the same by giving it right back to them. But some odd decision making for guards who are very who are very experienced and very good that I wouldn't expect out of a Scott Drew team. And like this one's got hurt somewhat like scott drew lost to his his pupil like the master lost to his student yeah yeah jerome tang's three and oh against baylor now that's kind of crazy to think about yeah it's impressive for sure um i don't know man i don't know like did jerome tang like make a deal 
with someone. Like, I just I can't process a team being five and zero in overtime games. If someone did make a deal, they would look like Jerome Tang. <laughs> I don't want to flesh out what that means, but uh, yeah, like my program is like two and twenty nine in close games in the last four years, and Jerome Tang is just five and zero in overtime. I don't get it. Well, I mean, to somewhat fact, they they have a clutch player. Like I know Tyler Tyler Perry has struggled a little bit, but he, he does make clutch plays. Doug's gonna play for Jerome Tang next year and do this. Like I I don't get it. I'm not in on the personnel player stuff. Um, I just yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I it was a it was a weird game. I don't know how Baylor didn't win it. Uh, I was on after dark with Field of sixty eight last night, and Chris Mack was on the show with us, and. He just kept repeating, like, there were so many boneheaded plays by Baylor, just, like, fouling when they shouldn't foul. They fouled Arthur Kaluma on the three-pointer. Uh, they hip-checked Tyler Perry twice in the final 20 minutes of regulation and sent him to the free-throw line. Um, it's just weird. It's just very boneheaded, weird plays, which you would not expect from a Scott Drew team. Uh, also, you don't expect a Scott Drew team to go 5-for-28 from three. At the end of the day, you shoot five for 28 from three in this game, you lose in overtime, make 25% of your threes, you win the game. Yeah. And also, Baylor, one of the best shooting teams in the country, too, by the way. Yeah. yeah. This is like with Baylor, I don't know. You and I were very out on them after the Michigan State game. Um, I kind of like slowly swung back around on them where I could see them making a tournament run. I like that they have a superstar pro level guy in Jacoby Walter. A lot of teams don't have that this year. Ray J. Dennis has been awesome as a facilitator. He was only two for 15 from the floor last night. That's obviously not good, but they kind of have more defensively than I realized because Bridges is a very good defender, very versatile. And Missy has really come on as like an instant impact center in a way that Scott Drew hasn't had in a couple of years. So all in all, like I want to believe in this Baylor team. The problem with them for me is like in their losses, they've just put up total stinkers. And I'm I'm not convinced when the NCAA tournament gets here, even if they look good for the first two games, I don't think they can go six straight games without going like four for 30 from three. Yeah. Like, and, and the thing is we haven't seen a game where they go four for 30 like that and win. Yeah. At least in my mind, like they don't, good teams are able to overcome clunkers like on the road. It's like a find a way game. And honestly, not to play the moral victory banner, but like they, they found a way in this game. They just got to close it out. Like you, you had it. The fouls were, the one that was Jay Nunn hit the layup and like fouled, I think Perry like 50, 50, 60 feet from the basket. And he's a 94% three point shooter, a three point a free throw shooter. That's just inexcusable stuff. Yeah, it was crazy. Um, Kansas State, are they a tournament team? No. They might end up getting there just because of how good the Big 12 is. They have the resume at this point. Do they, uh, have they don't have any like bad losses. I mean, they lost to Nebraska at home. That doesn't look great, but Nebraska's pretty good. Lost by one at Texas Tech. Nobody's going to kill them for that. Lost to Miami. Lost to USC earlier in the year. That's bad, but um, I don't know. They need to stack up some impressive wins, but that Villanova win's going to go a long way. Win over Providence will matter in the end. Um, Baylor right now is obviously a great win. Yeah, true. I, 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 I think they're there. Uh, and is Arthur Kaluma? We've done this for years. I feel like we're we're at the point where we almost need to reach a decision. Is he the best bad basketball player? Or is he the worst good basketball player in college basketball? He's the worst good player. I've swung on that too. I used to think he was the best bad. He's officially good. He's just the worst good player. Yeah, there is. yeah, 
Yeah, same. Uh, great shot by him, though. That, that and one three was big. Kind of won them the game. I I still want to make it very unequivocally clear, though, that the Big Twelve team that will go the farthest in the NCAA tournament is Baylor. I think that's a good call too. Um, last thing I we just have to mention if we're going to talk this game, we have to be honest about it. Um, couple big calls as we said, couple foul calls sent him to the stripe late, the three point foul. What did you think of the refs in this game? I think the refs did great. I thought they were good. Okay, let's move on. Uh, Arkansas against Texas A and M. Must bus has been dead for two weeks. They jumped out to a 20-point lead over the Aggies. I talked about the Aggies as one of my most disappointing teams in the country. They're also one of the more entertaining teams in the country to watch when they're trying to come back. Uh, They did complete the comeback. Wade Taylor hits the crazy three late, gives them a one-point lead. Arkansas needs to go coast-to-coast in seven seconds. Enter Tremont Mark, who had a career-high 35 points. He hits the game winner with a second left. Uh, Really tough bucket that he made look really easy, to be honest. So I, I don't know. I don't know what to make of this. Um, let's start with the obvious after you watch this game. Uh, there were so many fouls called in this game both ways. There were 50 fouls called total. 50 fouls in this game, in a 40-minute basketball game. What would you think of the refs? I thought the refs were good in this game. Yeah, I thought they were pretty good. Yeah. Uh, okay. So Arkansas uh, – are they still dead after this? Can they still be dead after an emotional win like this? Uh, I, I think they're still dead, to be honest with you. Like, uh, they blew the lead. Um, it took a, a a 20%. I mean, like you said, Radford was absolutely awful in this game. Wade Taylor, for all the heroics he did, 13 for 32 was awful. Like, I don't really care about that 41. I get it. A 40 ball is a 40 ball. But like, come on now. Let's let's actually look at those percentages a little bit in those attempts. Uh, valiant effort for them to come back, but I just I don't know. I just I still when I watch Arkansas, it doesn't. I don't come away from that game being like, ooh, Arkansas is turning a corner. Like, oh, here comes like the must bust to make their run through the SEC and somehow get into the NCAA tournament. I still think that this basketball team just is just not a tournament team and may must bust might be on his way out. Yeah. I was less impressed with <laughs> Arkansas after last night, man. I know that sounds crazy, but like um, they blew a 20 point lead <laughs> in a at, game at, where, at, the, at the crib, at the crib, they blew a 20 point lead at the crib in a game where they went to the free throw line uh, 40 times. They shot 40 free throws. They shot 31 for 40 from free throw. And they still blew the lead. Like, I, I don't even know how that's possible. Um, I want to give Tremont Mark a ton of credit. Like, if there is one takeaway in a very strong way, it's like, you have a superstar. Maybe don't forget who your superstar is. Because he's played like Russian roulette with all of these Arkansas guards in the last couple games. Where it's like, tonight it's Keon Menefield's game. And then it's Al Ellis's game. And then it's Khalif Battle's game. Well, okay. No, maybe it should always be Tremont Mark's game. Like... No matter who's been in and out of the lineup, this guy's been super this year. He had 34 against North Carolina. He had 35 tonight. Um, That dude should be a first-team All-SEC player. You shouldn't be as bad as Arkansas is, no matter what other chaotic things are around him, if you have that guy on your team. And I think Musk would be well-served to maybe 
run everything around him. Like we saw my horrible basketball coach last year, halfway through the season was like, let me stop drawing things up for my son and dial things up for Kobe Bufkin. Who's special. And it changed Michigan season. Like they were more competitive. So Arkansas kind of needs to do that right now. Stop flirting with Keon Menefield with L Ellis. Just get the ball to the man who can score 35 and get out of the way. Uh, I love that. And I think that would be the best for Arkansas, but this will be every Arkansas player looking at Tremont Mark or Musk when they say they're going to do that. This is exactly what they're going to do. <laughs> Devo Davis in the corner. Trevon Brazil. <laughs> Everyone. Keon Menefield. <laughs> I want ball. I want to score. I want to drive Musk bus. Everyone's <laughs> Everyone. I want to be Bud Walton superstar. I've been here forever. Why he get to be superstar? He came in from Houston. My ball, when? My ball, when? When? <laughs> like that's that's that is what it is. That's the state of the team, unfortunately. So it doesn't matter then. None of this matters. No, it doesn't. I I would vote Arkansas most likely team this year to have their own player block one of their own player shots. <laughs> Um, do you think like in a game in a game where they are up 20 this year, like late in the second half? I think like Trevon Brazil will like pin one of Devo Davis's breakaway layups and act like it's a joke, but like he really wanted to do that all season. Do you think anyone was happy for Trevon Mark after this game? No, (laughs) not at all. They were sick that they didn't hit it. (laughs) Do you think there's a chance we get? A shirtless Eric Musselman in the NIT, though. I think there's a chance. There's always a chance that we get a shirtless Eric Musselman in the Sweet 16, by the way. This year could still be a Sweet 16 run? Somehow. the Somehow the bus will sputter its way. I could see a world where they sputter. I think the only way that happens is win the SEC tournament, which I guess could happen. Which it could happen. I guess it could happen. Uh yeah, I think this is an NIT team. I'll be curious if they play when they get there and uh if Mus's celebrations translate into that tournament. On the flip side, Texas AM tournament team, yes or no? They're 10 and 7 now, 1 and 3 in the SEC. Yes. I don't think so. I think they've done too much damage to their resume. We'll see. I don't know. I wish. I love watching this team, man. They uh the only bright thing I can say about Texas A&M after a night like last night is you can never count them out. The two craziest comebacks I've now seen this year have both been Texas A&M. They were down 21 at Iowa State in the non-con, came back to win that game. And then in this one, they were down 20 and just kept fouling and still erased a 20-point deficit despite Arkansas getting free throws every possession. It was crazy. Uh, but shout out the refs, though. They did a great job last night. Um, all right. Fantastic. Yeah. Uh, let's get to one big thing presented by Big B. What's your one big thing? Oh, I didn't come prepared with the one big thing. Oh, I, oh, but wait, go ahead. Let, I was gonna me. say I I can go first if if you need me to buy you some time. Yes, please. Uh, okay, you often promote products on this program. That's three uh-huh. straight pro words in a row. Promote products program. Uh, I'd like to promote a product on this program today. Uh, and it's a product that I need right now. It's a product I used last night. I'll be using it tonight. Uh, nose strips. If you haven't used a nose strip at night, breathe right nose strips. Highly recommend. Uh, incredible. Just they help you breathe right. That's all I'll say. It opens everything up. I don't know how it works. I don't get how they do it. You just like strap it right here. And then all of a sudden, like there's 
there's passages you haven't seen in your nose, ladies and gentlemen. Like, I, I, I don't know how my nose operates on a day-to-day without those passages, but it works. But then you get to nighttime, you're just about to, you know, go to the little snoozy land, get a little slumber in. Boom. Everything's suddenly green pastures and fields and butterflies. It's lovely. I've done it the last two nights. We got a brand new box of them. We got a, a more in the Amazon cart already for when we need to restock. And uh, things are things are looking up in my household and my nose. How many Amazon deliveries does the Waddell household get a week? Mal does a lot. I am not responsible for any of them. She probably does four to five a week. Has it been increased uh, post BM? Yeah. Yep. It's just like it. It almost feels like she has like a subscription service of like random child accessories three days a week showing up to our door. Yeah. Shout out to Bezos. Yeah. Um. On the topic of strip, ah, are we really shouting out Bezos? Should we not? Don't we gotta take like a hard stance against the the list? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. We do. Is he on the list? Who isn't on the list? Have we I gotten just... a, have we got an official <laughs> list? We we might have to do a segment on it when we get an official list. I just assumed that he was on the list, but I don't know that for sure. I don't want to get into Aaron Rodgers situation here, but uh, uh, thumbnail. Which college basketball player and coach most likely to be on the list? Ooh, can we do that actually real quick? Uh yeah, who's the player and the coach most likely to be on the list? Um I can't say who I'm gonna say. I'll say it after the show ends. I can't say it. Okay. I'm not gonna say mine. It's either. a it's a player from one of our primary audiences, so I don't want to say it. Yeah, let's not. Let's not do that. Okay. okay. All right. Uh while we're on the strip, uh, while we're on the uh topic of strips and things on your face. Um, I'd actually like to send a shout to something that I do when I sleep, a product that I use, and it's not a no, a nasal strip, Greg, but it's actually mouth tape while you sleep. You ever use that? It sounds the opposite of the purpose of my nose strips, but I don't want I don't want to feel like I'm being kidnapped when I sleep. No, 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 no. So use this when you're not sick, like when you don't have a stuffed up nose, but it prevents you. I don't know if you're a mouth breather or not, but when you sleep, but it prevents you from doing like heavy breathing through your mouth. Also prevents snoring too, as well. If you have that issue, you know, I do. Um, and it, it just gives you more of a, like a, a deeper, calmer sleep and a noticeable difference. So I recommend giving that a try. I'm a big fan of it. You can just get like a, a thousand pack off of Amazon for like five bucks. Hmm. Okay. All right. Sleep with the sleepers. Yeah, and and for those who are going to ask this question, yes, I do use two strips because I have big lips and a mouth, big mouth. We'll see you tomorrow. <laughs>